Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello, I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, and I'd like to give you a big welcome to Walking On Air, the podcast for the Nordic Walking community. Here we talk to experts and learn about the benefits of walking in general and Nordic walking in particular, as well as other great tips for well-being and improved health. The aim of today's episode is to address common questions that many people may have before taking up Nordic walking. My guest, Claire Beaton, answers many frequently asked questions in our conversation. However, since recording, a couple more questions have been sent in, and so I am going to answer these now before we get to the main interview. Gail from Cheshire asks, Is it possible to Nordic walk with a dog? And if so, could I give some tips on how to do so and what equipment is needed? 
Well, Gail, I'm going to answer that uh, with two different hats on. Firstly, as an instructor and then as a dog owner and dog lover myself. So as an instructor, my insurance doesn't cover me to have dogs in my classes. That will be the same for most instructors throughout the UK. You will find that dogs are not able to join participants in organised group walks. However, as a dog owner, yes, I absolutely love Nordic walking with my own dog. I have bought myself a dog running belt, which consists of a belt which clips around my waist and then a double-ended lead which clips to the belt I'm wearing and then the other end clips to the dog's collar. And I get my dog to walk slightly in front of me rather than, as you're normally taught, I get the dog walking exactly to heel. And that way I can still get a really good arm swing backwards uh, without my arm and pole getting caught up in my lead. And he absolutely loves a good Nordic walk. The second question comes from Guy in Hampshire, who emailed to say that he has a dodgy knee and he wanted to know whether Nordic walking would be suitable for him. Guy, absolutely, Nordic walking is the perfect exercise for people with dodgy knees. It turns you into a four-legged animal and reduces the impact going through the joints of the lower leg, whilst at the same time strengthening the muscles that support the knee joint. If you come to a class, all qualified Nordic walking instructors will have the knowledge and understanding to adapt any exercises that they are giving to the class to make them suitable for people with problematic knees or hips. So do come along, just make sure you tell the instructor before you begin and they will ensure that you are exercising at a level that is suitable to you. Back to my guest. Today I'm talking to Claire Beaton of St Neots Nordic Walking. Claire first started Nordic Walking seven years ago and enjoyed it so much that she subsequently qualified as an instructor and has grown her own business from scratch over the last two and a half years. In this episode, Claire is going to address some of the most frequently asked questions that people want to know before they join a class. Welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, Claire Beaton. It's lovely to have you on today. Hello, thank you for having me. I want to start by asking you how you first got into Nordic walking. Um, Well, I got into Nordic walking not long after I moved to Bedfordshire. I was looking for something to do that would keep me sort of fit and active um, and also just to start sort of putting down some roots in the new area of the country that we were living in Bedford at that time there was a women's sports and um, fitness sort of weekend taster session and one of the activities uh, on offer was Nordic walking I had no idea at all what Nordic walking entailed. So along I went and I met Teresa Saunders and we had a taster session together and I was I was hooked. I absolutely loved it. I felt the difference that walking with poles made straight away. So I joined Teresa on a sort of eight-week um, introductory course and then just continued walking with her weekly can I just ask what those differences mm. that you felt were absolutely so 
I think um, it was mainly um, basically the change in posture. I'm about 5'10", which actually isn't sort of, as an adult, not massively tall, but I was, um, as a youngster, I kind of shot up quite quickly and always sort of stood out a bit as being the tall one, which as a girl is the last thing you want. You don't want to be tall. You don't want to be taller than all the boys in your so you tend to sort of hunker down so I really felt the, the difference and just the freedom in actually standing up nice and tall um, and the poles themselves it was learning to use your arms in a more active manner so rather than them just swinging backwards and forwards sort of under their own momentum actually really using them and then the the working sort of through the poles as the poles hit the ground and you're pushing back through them I could feel it in the back of my arms in my tricep straight away and feel the propulsion forwards as well I guess really I picked it up quickly yes felt I was quite good at it and that's a big pull isn't it It I think Nordic walking suits everybody but I think I was lucky. I just got it quite quickly. Um, and I think, you know, that obviously helped. No pun intended to sort of propel me to, you know, really keep it and really get into it. <laughs> Which aspect of Nordic walking do you personally find most rewarding? Answering that question from the point of an instructor, um, it's actually been able to get different people together to be able to participate in a group activity but it's something that you can come into and involve yourself with the group very much at your own no pun intended pace your ability isn't impacting on anybody else's enjoyment if you like it's not like maybe tennis where you're learning and the person at the other end of the court is learning but better than you um and and that can make you feel a bit oh I think I'm holding them back with Nordic walking you really can come in and enjoy an hour's walk but just enjoy if you like the safety of a group um just the company um of being with other people how do you manage a mixability class and ensure that everybody regardless of their fitness level is challenged and gets a gets a decent workout mm-hmm. well um it's very much down to how i set out the routes so if i'm working um within a fairly small area so let's just say a nice park somewhere where in actual fact over the course of the hour we may not travel that far away from our starting point but I can use the park to create longer loops for the faster walkers and also take sort of shortcuts for the slower walkers. How I always explain it to um, new clients is my role as a as the walk leader is to get everybody from point A and back to point A within an hour, but you may all have done slightly different distances. Yeah. Uh, what I want to avoid is for anybody um, to either A, feeling they've got to keep stopping and waiting 
to be for people to catch them up, which is frustrating. But also, I don't ever want anybody to think I'm here. I'm here. Yes, I've caught you up. Oh God, they're off again, and everybody, you know, <laughs> off they go. Some of my walks are more sort of countryside adventure walks, where actually smaller loops or longer loops aren't really an option. So what I do there is when I recce the walk, I recce them at a pace that I know, if you like, the more sedate walkers will get round in an hour. And then when we set off, I've got waypoints in mind where I can maybe set off with the faster ones for a little while and then we walk back and then maybe I might send the fast ones off on their own again and sort of give them a point in the distance that they can come back to us. And obviously as instructors we ask people to complete a physical activity readiness questionnaire a PARQ before they first join. Could you possibly explain what role the PARQ plays Mm. in terms of uh, determining your lesson planning and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yes, so the PARQ, it is a method that we use for um, uncovering any health um, and lifestyle issues prior to sort of starting an exercise programme. I mean, as we know, Nordic walking, it's low impact. It's really suitable for, you know, nearly everyone so I have to say in my time as a leader I have never had anybody that's completed one that we've looked at and gone okay you need to think about speaking to your GP before we continue. One of the questions on the PARQ is asking people to put in the year of their birth. Mm -hmm. Is there an age limit on who can learn to Nordic walk? I don't believe that there is an age limit at all on who can learn to Nordic walk. I think everybody um, who can put one foot in front of the other can certainly come along and have a go. Any prospective clients who are over 80 um, are asked to just speak to their GP um, before they undertake any lessons. It's more really down to their own physical ability rather than age. How long do you reckon it takes to learn internationally recognised 10-step techniques? 10-step. Through um, my experience over the years of running group sessions, um, I tend to work it now. If I'm doing a group um, technique course, I find four weeks generally is a good length of time to get everybody up to the push phase. So sort of halfway through, that is the point where we've got people walking with an improved posture. Um, They're taking the longer strides. They're actively walking with sort of actively swinging arms backwards and forwards, nice and straight. They've got the feeling and are getting the benefit of the pole hits the ground and you push back into it. You feel that resistance. For some of my walkers, that is as far as they get. Um, For others, we go further. But I like to do the rest of the um, sort of learning really over the 
course of actually being in a group um, situation and kind of teaching on the go. If I see people one-to-one or um, if I see perhaps couples, um, generally we would do maybe just um, rather than a four-hour session, sort of four weeks, we would perhaps just do it over two hours just because with two people you've just got loads more time to spend with them. And do you personally have a favourite of the 10-step technique? Yeah, do you know what I absolutely do? I was I was thinking about this, um, and uh, yes, I absolutely do, and it's my favourite part of um, taster sessions and teaching as well. And it's really early days. It's the walk number two. As my as my clients, we don't get our hands on the Nordic walking poles um, until sort of towards the end of the first session. It's really important, I think, to get those arms moving first of all, and get them nice and straight. What I tend to do when I teach is we don't start with the sort of traditional warm-ups where we do stretches and we use the poles for that because I haven't got the poles out the boot of the car yet. They're still hidden away. What I do is I say, well, let's walk up. Well, let's uh, warm up by starting with a gentle walk and I'll talk as we walk and off we go and I chat and I start picking up the pace with my lovely long strides and I'm still chatting and everybody's trotting along next to me and huffing and puffing and we do this five minute wander around the park as I explain what's going to happen and then I get everyone to stop and everybody's huffing and puffing and panting and I say right I'm going to set off again this is what we're going to do and I just get them to stand up nice and straight slow everything down just take a longer stride, hit the ground with the heel first, just nice straight arm, swinging the arms backwards and forwards. And I can see from pretty much everyone that I've ever done that with, that is a bit of a revelation. This travelling at the same speed, but moving your body slower, which I find, um, as I say, the most noticeable change in the way people are walking um, and so helpful because when they finally get the poles in their hands you haven't got to go into loads of complex details about where the poles need to be placed they haven't got to look for where they're going to place the poles because if you're walking nice and upright and you're walking with this lovely long straight arm just moving from the shoulder as the arm goes back that pole is going to hit the ground in the perfect, perfect place. So yeah, absolutely early days. It's the walk. It's the walk for me, definitely. So just to summarise, at the walking stage, you've already taught them how to use their bodies more efficiently when they're walking. Absolutely. I want to be able to send people away after week one thinking, wow, there is something that I can take away from this hour that I will be able to use right now, even without the poles. Um, Because I think what's one of the most fantastic things about Nordic walking is it will improve the way that you walk all the time, forever, from that point on. Um, it doesn't just need to be with the poles. Yes, of course, the poles take it up a notch. Um, but what I love about Nordic walking is it's not just constrained to that session that you're doing. 
And you mentioned polls there. One question that I get asked frequently about people who are considering taking it up is, do I need my own polls? Mm-hmm. Well, um, not initially, absolutely not. Um, myself, and I'm fairly certain I speak for every Nordic walking instructor who will be listening in to this. All instructors will have a cachet of Nordic walking poles in the boot of their car for new participants to try. So you don't have to start your own Nordic walking poles. Um, I always supply poles for the whole of the teaching sessions and I generally have enough poles for participants to use as they start their group walks. And then it's really up to participants as and when um, they want to buy their own. They don't have to buy their own at all. It's always best to wait um, and to get your training in, first of all, because a lot of instructors as well will have different types of poles for you to try, um, fixed length poles that may suit you um, or extendable poles. And it's a nice opportunity just to have a try um, of different types to try, try before you buy. And do you need any other kit before you start walking? No, absolutely not. The only thing um, really that you need to have, and I think most people will have anyway, is just a comfortable pair of walking shoes. Trainers are absolutely fine, um, but trainer trainers as opposed to sort of a, you know, a fashion pair of trainers. Um, Something that is comfortable, something that allows free movement of the ankle because obviously we teach this all-important roll through of the foot for Nordic walking and really that's the way that I'd like to see everybody walking anyway. Thank you so that's really helpful advice because those are the sort of questions that so many people (laughs) ask before they uh, commit to joining a class or taking Nordic walking out. Yeah from the initial you know if you're if your instructor offers a free taster session you know the very first thing that you your very first introduction to Nordic walking should not cost you a penny at all. That's a brilliant point to make as well. Finally Claire I'd like to, I, I like to ask all of the guests who come on to the Walking On Air podcast, what is your top tip for walking on air? My top tip for walking on air, walk when you can with a group or in company. Um, talk as you walk and just enjoy the fact that you're with a group of people or another person um, and you're really enjoying what, I'd like to say sort of health by stealth. So it's not until you finish the walk that actually the fact that you've just had a really good workout and a really good exercise and just done something to really help your fitness. Actually, that's the last thing that you realise you've just done. You've actually just had a fantastic hour or two hours with people in you know, the company that you really enjoy. Um, and you've enjoyed the enjoyed the the countryside and enjoyed being out and about. Um, and I think that's the main thing. And the fitness um, and the exercise is just a really, really happy byproduct of that. 
What a positive note to end on. Thank you so much. And Claire, I would like to thank you very, very much for coming on to Walking On Air today and uh, answering quite a few frequently asked questions <laughs> on behalf of our listeners. Thank you so much. That's lovely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Claire Beaton of St Neots Nordic Walking, who has done a brilliant job at demystifying Nordic walking. I'm sure that many listeners who are unsure as to what Nordic walking entailed and whether it was for them now have a much clearer idea, thanks to Claire. I hope that you are inspired to find a local instructor and to have a go. Enjoy. I really hope that you enjoyed Walking On Air and that it has inspired you to get outside. If you have any questions about Nordic walking or a story that you want to share, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have enjoyed doing so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on and hit the subscribe button. It will help spread the word about Nordic walking and about this podcast. Do join me next week. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.